0: Right now, though, stay tuned for another jolt of inspiration. Welcome, everyone, to the Divas the Care Network. I'm your host, Amy McKenzie, and today's show, The Wow of Women, features the remarkable journeys of women whose powerful and extraordinary choices have positively impacted people's lives. I am very excited and honored to have the guest we have today, Mega Sood, um, before we bring her over, I'm going to just tell you a little bit about her. Uh, she has an extraordinary resume, originally from New Jersey, uh, Jersey City. She's an assistant poetry editor for the U.K.-based arts and literary journal, Mookie Chick. She's a contributing member of Free Verse Revolution. Oh, the list goes on and on. It's, it's incredible how many things that she's involved in. Um, she's uh, in over 450 works in journals, including... Uh, again, so many, uh, Poetry Society of New York, WNYC Studios. Um, it, it, it's really stunning how many that goes on. The list goes on and on, and we'll talk about some of that. She's also featured in uh, upcoming 48 new print anthologies uh, by the U.S., U.K., Australian, and Canadian Press. She's an award-winning poet and writer. Uh, she's a three-time uh, state-level winner in the NAMI, DARA, axelrod new jersey poetry contest three years running she's a national winner in the spring robinson Lit- literary prize of 2020 uh she won the adelaide literary award i mean it's an extensive list and she is currently right now co-editing an anthology celebrating a hundred years of the women's suffragette movement in the u.s and that's just the tip of the iceberg <laughs> Megan you are, it is such a joy to have you on the show. Um, I can keep reading your resume, but we want to hear from you. Thank you so much for joining us. Welcome.
1: Hi, Amy. Uh, thanks. It's—it's it's equally an honor and pleasure to be part of uh, the Block Talk Radio show, and I'm very thankful to you and the entire network and the team behind this uh, to give me the platform and this space.
0: Well, I've had the great pleasure of enjoying many of your works already. Um, and you have an incredible thumb on the pulse. Let's talk a little bit about um, how this came about for you, Uh, you know, kind of just backing us up to the beginning a little bit of, you know, what moved you into poetry as an expression in your life?
1: Uh, So, actually, poetry came, like, very late in my life. I just started writing, like, three years back when I started my poetry website. Before that, I was, like, a like a manager, project manager in one of the Japanese multinational which was dealing with like business intelligence and data marketing and once I shifted my base from India to US then due to some personal reasons and all I stopped working and started taking part in more uh, community-led ac- uh, activities and in the last three years, I I wanted to start writing something. I I can't pinpoint the reason why I started poetry, but something in me I realized that I need to get my thoughts on paper, and poetry can be the only tool which gave me a like a catharsis release. So I, and I also wanted to connect to the like like-minded people in the literary community. So I started my poetry website and I started writing. And initially I used to write like small poems and I used to share it with like people on Facebook at like notes. Then an author friend of mine, then she pointed me in the right direction and say that you you should actually, you know, start a blog where you can connect with the like-minded people of the literary community. So that's how it started.
0: That's incredible. And I I have to say that that had to take some courage, you know, it's really, you're kind of on, on the frontier line of a, a brand new territory, um, and that's, I, I really have a lot of respect for the willingness that you, that you had, and the courage you expressed by stepping into something newly like that, and clearly it was a great choice, I mean, I, I couldn't even read all of your awards, um, we would we'd have run out of time, and would never have guessed that you've only been writing poetry for three years, so kudos to you, that's incredible. And the things that you're writing about is what I really want to dig into. So let's, let's talk about that. You know, some of the causes that are nearest and dearest to you. Um, because you're not just writing about you know the flower blooming, which is a lovely thing. Um, you're really focusing on social issues. So let's talk about that a little bit. What's, what for you are the differences you're committed to making?
1: So actually, when I started, my only idea to start writing poetry is to give like a creative expression and catharsis release, as I already mentioned. But when I when my blog actually grew to a wider audience, and, and I always realized that I have when I realized the power of words and its reach, I wanted to reach out to a bigger audience. And I wanted to generate the awareness about the issues, social issues, which was very close to me. So and I was actively or passively being like exposed to these social issues and like evils and stigmas while growing up in India. So in my own way, I wanted to like generate awareness for it. So I, the first thing which I did was I created an anthology of my own poems, which is like six, seven poems, just a very small start. And each of the poems were like written about the the different issues. Like, Uh, rape, infanticide, and uh, acid attack, and uh, sexual violence, domestic violence, and everything. And by that time, I just started like after three months, I got published. And then I got invited to a feminist literary journal called Whisper and the Roar. And uh, they actually gave me the platform to reach out to the readers. So once I and that the anthology, which I created, and then we started inviting readers to become part of it. It was an online connection of poems. And the way I realized that, you know, if you're passionate about something, you just have to do your bit. You have to take that small step, and then it'll catch fire and burn. And that exactly what it did. So I started writing about these issues. So I'm not like it's not like there's one particular issue I am passionate about. I'm passionate about all the social inequalities which is happening. So there was a quote which I read, which was by Pope Francis, and it said, inequality is the basis of the evils in the society. And that gave me the idea that there's so many of inequalities which we ignore in our lives. It is social-based, gender-based, racial-based, sexual, then there are reproductive rights violations. So I've been blessed that I have educated myself, and I, and I also wanted to spread this awareness. So I started writing for the journals and other presses and started taking part in anthologies, which are not generating the awareness, but also, you know, donating the revenues to these charities they are passionate about. So my writing always, I was always, as a person, I was always like this. While growing up, I did my, like I used to take part in these uh, activities, but I never had the time to sit and write down and generate awareness for it. So then, Slowly by slowly, I realized that how, in its own way, poetry is personal to me, but poetry is also political, and how it can actually, you know, generate the awareness and it can do its bit. So I started writing about it, and till this day, I am so lucky and blessed to be part of 40 different anthologies, which has worked with different issues of, like, gender violence, sexual violence, domestic violence, reproductive rights violence, gun violence, and lately, uh, because of the systemic oppression of African American in the country and in the entire world, I've been learning more and more about. So it's a two-step process. There's something I learn, and then I use that knowledge to generate awareness through my various works. That's stunning, and it's 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 such a powerful
0: uh, vehicle for expression and you know opening people's minds um, through imagery and. And you certainly have um, an incredible connection to what you're seeing out in the world and filtering it through your process. What comes out is, um, it's really stunning to me because it takes me to the place each time in every one of your pieces that I have read. Um, and it, I face the issue and I see my part in it, whether it's because I'm not actively engaged in making a difference, or gives me an idea that I might want to become actively engaged. I mean, your poetry has not only a, the the visual experience of what the cause is, but it it seems to thread in there a call to action. And I think that's one of the things that's really stand out about your work. And let, that actually leads to to my next question, frankly, which is the call to action. You know, if the, some listener is out there saying, you know, I, I want to make a difference, I haven't known how to do it, and are inspired by the fact that you just picked up the range yourself, started a a blog, and moved on into the world with this. Um, How can people that haven't begun that process yet for themselves get involved? How can they, you know, perhaps even join you in this movement? Uh,
1: So I think it's a two-way approach. The first thing is when you start writing, it doesn't matter how big or small your following is or your audience is the thing which is counts is your passion so if you are passionate towards it you can actually take like physically involved in it like going to the protest and you know donating to the bail funds and donating to the various causes or if you want to be like passively do a part of it through a i call it a literary activism so what you can use is if you have that like the gift of writing then you can you and the you first have to realize that what particular cause that you are passionate about and then you can do a little bit of research about what literary uh, presses and what other institutes and charities are associated with that you can either be directly involved with the charities you know support them or you can generate the awareness about those charities and the people and the organizations behind them through your work and you can spread the awareness about them so that's what basically i do i purposely want to get involved into organizations and presses which are in turn supporting those uh, charity organizations and then once my work get accepted in anthology and the sale revenues are generated and they go uh, as a charity to those organizations so it depends in what way you want to get associated but i keep on telling everyone that it doesn't matter how big or small you are it's the passion which counts if you are passionate towards it if you're passionate towards your cause and if you're true to that and you compound it with the action it's definitely going to you know be fruitful and it's, it's definitely going to give you that purpose which you're looking for
0: yeah so what I'm hearing is really first you kind of get on the court with what what's really impacting you in terms of whether it's directly or uh, just in terms of your compassion your empathy for what's what you're seeing happening out in the world. And then get yourself educated about what what there is and what resources there might be to support that cause in a real fiscal way. And what's wonderful is pen to paper can add up to dollars that support that cause that you feel strongly about. So that's that's very clear and that's excellent advice. Now I wanted to leave plenty of time to talk about what your what's next for you because you have so much on your plate right now, and all of it's wonderful. Um, so let's let's kind of begin first with the Medusa Project anthology. Tell us a little bit about that.
1: Okay, so the Medusa Project is the first ever uh, online anthology, which uh, I'm co-editing with uh, one of the editors of uh, the Mookie Czech Literary and Arts Journal. That journal is like a 15-year-old journal. And uh, after the National Women's Day, it came to me that, you know, this year it's the U.S government is going to celebrate the 100 years of the women's suffragist movement, which was spearheaded by Susan B. Anthony in 1920. So I wanted to you know, bring that movement into picture and I wanted to give the importance because of which the women in the United States are able to vote. So keeping that in mind, we started curating the works which speaks about the women uh, equality and its freedom and equality. And uh, and that's how the anthology came into picture. And uh, we are uh, we are blown by the warm response of the contributors and the people who are taking part in it. And it's an e-book anthology, and it's going to be published in fall. That's terrific. So now
0: you're also working on uh, 15 days a poetry book challenge. Uh, by the uh, Local terms Press. Tell us
1: a little bit about that, Local Gems. So it's it's just, it started with, I just wanted to keep my creative thing running during the pandemic time. So I've been writing a lot. It's been like my, so there was this uh, 15 day poetry book challenge by the Local Gem Press, which is edited and founded by James P. Wagner. And he's the current poet laureate of the poet, uh, National Beat Poetry Foundation. So uh, they gave, Prompts every day, and we had to write uh, like poems in response. But it was not only the po- the the prompts; they also challenged us to attempt the different forms of poetry. So once they asked us to write a grid poem, other days like a fib poem, then a sonnet, a rhyming poem, an acrostic poem, and an epistolary poem. So basically, what came out was like they are challenging us not only in two ways, not only to give a response to the prompt which he provided, but also how to structure that into that particular form of the poetry. So what came out as a response was a chapbook and uh, I was lucky enough to be selected and now this is my, my first chapbook which is going to be printed by the local gym press. That's
0: yeah, wonderful. And and I also note, note that you um, had your very first haiku that you ever wrote uh, was published in the Poetry Quarterly. Is that correct, or Poetry Society of New York, rather?
1: That's incredible, right? <laughs> Were you surprised? Yeah. yeah, I was actually very surprised. So once, because I don't have a formal education in poetry, I did my master's in computer application. So uh, I, so I wanted to teach myself by, you know, I wanted to expose myself by learning more and more. I read and read and learn more and more about the poetry in different forms. So I wanted to learn about the Japanese forms of poetry, so which is haiku, senryu, and haika. And the first haiku I attempted and I submitted to prolific press call out for submission, and to my surprise, it got selected. The same is the thing that happened with my sonnet. I've never written a sonnet. I wanted to attempt, and sonnet is uh it's like a 14 lines and it's a big pantometer and 10 syllables in each line. And I wanted to attempt it. And and it kind of coincided with a call out by submissions by Poetry Society of America. They were doing a a, a, a crown of hundred sonnets in collaboration with the uh, Poetry Society of America. And I took the challenge and I submitted my sonnet uh, and it was a collaborative sonnet. So there was one more person being assigned to me. So we had to write you know, alternate lines in the sonnet. And I did that and we had the challenge was to complete that sonnet in one day. It was called the May Day pandemic sonnet. So in one day between back and forth with my collaborator, I finished that and that sonnet was featured number seven and out of the hundred sonnets in Poetry Society of America. Yeah. So that that was an incredible experience.
0: Wow, that's really something. Now obviously you could just stay with poetry but um as a writer and you quickly clearly- Uh, pursue all curiosities and and really follow through with educating yourself. Are there other genres that you're uh, experimenting with?
1: Yeah. Uh, So uh, the the more and more I'm writing, uh, initially I thought that poetry was the thing I could stick to, but then I I experimented and I also started writing uh, short essays and I started writing book reviews and then the various forms of poetry. So uh, And I've been lucky enough that I've been getting these opportunities. Lately, uh, one of the the creative nonfiction piece I wrote in response to the Black Lives Matter project, and it got uh, published in the Lumiere Review. So uh, I just sat down. After all, everything was happening, and I was so enraged by it. And when I get enraged and everything, I want to compose my thoughts and put it on paper. So it was not a planned thing. I just wanted to write what was there in my mind, and I wrote it down, and it came out as a, a CNF piece, and I submitted to Lumiere and they accepted it.
0: Incredible. Wow. Congratulations. That's really something. And, um, and I also I think that um, what is the world record challenging anthology all about?
1: So that's basically being attempted by Desenda publication. It's an in Indian, India, uh, Indian publication. So they are trying to curate 1,000 stories. And uh, they claim that it's going to be the world record and yeah, world record anthology of a thousand stories together. So that was it. I got like, I saw the call out and I, because I've been experimenting with, I wanted to write in whatever way possible. So I wrote a short story and the story has to be like your experience, your learning. So it has to be a truth. It has to be a fact. It can't be fiction. So I narrated one of my experience during my working time where I, actually helped one of my colleagues uh, in one way, and then uh, she was going through some problems in the human resources that I, I, she was expecting, and I wanted to help her out, and she was facing some problems, and she was not being heard. So I basically kind of spoke for her, and how it, the whole story came out, and how uh, we didn't know each other. She was not part of my team, but I helped her out, and then she actually, uh, how the whole story took place. So that story I submitted to the Descender Publications, and it got accepted. Incredible. Well, I know you have over 450
0: poems now, which is extraordinary now that I know it's only been three years for you, and I think that spreads over about 150 journals. Um, Do you have a plan to... Put
1: these together in a in a collection. So yeah, so lately that's what I've been like for the last one year. Everybody has been asking me, and because I never got into poetry, like you know, in the intent of like publishing books, so I never actually you know compile them into under certain theme it's just like a stream of consciousness thing i'm passionate about something i write i submit it gets published it gets rejected and that was it but then everybody started asking where's your book because lately uh, i was invited to one of the uh, the poetry festival so um, in the local community in the nearby town by arts council and they i was one of the headline poets so there was a poetry festival and they wanted me to headline the poetry festival. And then th- they said that uh, you should bring all your published books and all, and then you can generate awareness. And I was like, oh, I don't have one. So <laughs> they were like, no, you, you <laughs> should start working towards it. So then I realized. So, yeah. So that's why one of my future plans is to, you know, compile the poems and just start, like common themes. And I can come out with like books or, or chapbooks whatever so that's what happened with my first full-length poetry collection is that the Cyberwit publication in india they actually reached out to me and they said you have to compile 50 60 poems for us and we will publish it so i was like oh okay oh so terrific. that's how <laughs> that's that's how i'm working towards my first poetry collection otherwise believe me i would have i would have never i would have just write it kept on writing kept on doing and writing and generating awareness for causes which I'm very, you know, passionate about.
0: It's wonderful. You're always moving forward, with the goal in mind of making a difference. You couldn't even be bothered unless you were pressed to, um, you know, do the the move that takes care of, you know, an aspect for yourself. It's just beautiful, Mega. You have such a, an incredible giving heart, um, clearly focused on service for others, um, which leads me to what you're doing right now. Um, You know, I know that you have a project exciting. Will you tell us
1: about it? Oh, yeah. The latest project I'm associated with, which I'm very proud of, is uh, the uh, project with the Stanford University. So basically what they are creating is they are creating a historical archive of the literary works in response to the pandemic. So this is a historical archive which is sponsored by the Cesta, which is Center for uh, Spatial and Textual Analysis, and the Poetic Lab. And the project has been started by a group of doctoral candidates and a few undergrad uh, uh, students from Stanford University. And what they want to is they want to document all the the personal narratives of the people who are going through the pandemic. Their idea is that there should be a historical archive which can be later used by the historians and not everything should be represented by the government, which happened in case of Spanish flu, that nothing was documented as a personal narrative of the people who are actually going through the different strata of life, how the doctors and how the general public, how the mothers, the prisoners, the mutual aid. So they have this big archive and they wanted to, you know, uh, curate works. So I am basically in partnership with Stanford and I'm responsible for curating the works for their literary section. So I'm reaching out to the writers uh, through my contacts and I'm asking them to submit the work for that historical archive any, or any crowdfunded initiative they have done uh, during the pandemic. So I myself was like lucky and blessed enough to be part of 11 different quarantine-related initiatives by the literary communities. So that's how. The, how it started was first there was a call-out for an essay and personal story, and I submitted to them, and that got accepted. And then the project manager reached out to me and said, that, are you interested in doing a partnership, considering that you have a decent enough networking in the literary community? And that's how it started.
0: Wow, what an incredible validation for what you've accomplished over these last few years, and what an important work. It's interesting; I didn't um, know the history behind it in terms of, you know, not having the human experience documented from the Spanish flu, and I can see how greatly significant uh, that would be. This has been, you know, life-changing on a global scale, and um, I think this is an incredible project. Uh, having looked looked at the site um, already, just I've seen from dance um, you know, recitals done on the balcony of a home to beautiful poetry and stories, paintings. And I've also noticed there's um, one thing I love is there's a response feel to it, how people are, you know, responding and painting to a poem that they've read or writing a short response to, you know, a, a song that someone's, Performed And I just love seeing that aspect of uh, intertwining and letting, allowing, giving people a platform to be inspired by one another's work through this process. Uh, it's really an incredible project. How do people, uh, you know, can go to tag into that and enjoy the work that's being
1: there? So basically the site is liqquarantine.org. And uh, once you reach the site, it's uh it's called liqproject.org and once you the, the site has everything it it has a section for submitting your personal story so even if you're not a writer it's not it's not for only the writers you can submit your personal story if you have a uh, anything art and they they take the submission in all different languages so it's all around the world it's not only related to united states so people have been submitting their like personal stories in portuguese in spanish and french and swahili so all over the world the people are submitting their personal narrative and then they have a section which is called the literary section which is called art in quarantine where you can submit your works in visual arts in in performance arts and in literary arts so in literary arts is the place where I come in picture where the people can submit their uh, response to the pandemic in terms of poem essays CNFs, anything which they have produced in response to the quarantine and stanford also doesn't care about the publication history they're not going to hold any rights all the rights revert back to the people so it, it's absolutely it's it's like it's just a platform and it's just a historical curation of everything they're also reaching out to the mutual aids and Prison during pandemic, so they are also documenting the the personal narrative of the prisoners, how they are affected because they are one of the underrepresented community which has been affected in the pandemic. So once you go to the site and look at the different uh, aspects of it, you'll know that it's 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 basically a very exciting project and it's a project with a purpose. It's wonderful. So,
0: L I Q Project dot org anyone that wants to share their story is there a deadline people need to be aware
1: of no there is no deadline to it because there is no deadline to the pandemic so we don't know how long it will go <laughs> yeah okay. we, are, we are very hopeful right. that the vaccine is soon going to come and we want to get some relief out of it but there is no deadline
0: that's right well, this is incredible. You you are a huge contribution uh, in the work that you're doing. Um, simply marvelous. Pointed, you know, your process of of dealing with catharsis, sponging yourself with that, to come out the other end, and provide such a direct contribution to very specific causes that we are faced with today. So, just as a fellow human being saying. Do you have any parting words for our listeners today
1: that you brought us with? Yeah, I'd I'd like to say that recently I read a quote by Kevin Young. He's a he's the chancellor of the Academy of American Poetry, and he wrote somewhere in one of his interviews that poetry is not something which we want to hear. Poetry should always be also be something which wants us to know about something. So, so it, in a way that's what I said previously in my interview that to me poetry is personal and to me poetry is political so it's about the passion it's your passion can be about the things you want to you can be you can write about the life and it's, it's introspection the survival or humanity or you can use the same power of the words to be to write about something which you're passionate about so poetry is that kind of thing which gives you that it's not only art it's it's the craft and it it's basically a conduit and a medium to represent those people whose voices go unheard and unspoken so that's one basically tool it has been given to you it's a form of writing expression which you can use to you know spread the awareness about things that you're passionate about
0: that's beautiful words well spoken thank you so much Megasood for joining us today uh, and being such a great inspiration. wonderful having you.
1: Thanks. The pleasure is entirely mutual. Thanks, Amy, for inviting me.
0: My pleasure. I want to thank all of our listeners for making the show possible, our producer, Candace Gish of the Divas the Care Network. We invite you to join us. Please visit com. hear inspiring stories. Perhaps you, too, will be inspired to add your voice to the conversation. We'd love to have you for now. Thanks, everyone. Have a great evening. Bye bye. Thanks for listening. This show was brought to you by Divas That Care. Connect with us on Facebook, on Instagram, and of course, on DivasThatCare.com, where you can subscribe to our newsletter so you don't miss a thing.